Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, we have a uh, distinguished guest today who we're going to get to. You mean old. Old. Oh, well, okay. Is that what we mean by distinguished? We just mean old? Yes. Who, uh, who apparently retired at the Free Press after a 75-year career. But nobody told him. I know, because he keeps working, and he keeps writing for us. And shoot, I mean, if we didn't have him, we wouldn't have any subscribers. On top of that, he is somehow in his... Uh, and his, with his, despite his full-time job, found time to write a book, which uh, we will, uh, you know, I'll introduce that in, in just a second. But let me just say, we're gonna we're gonna bring in Mick McCabe, who is the the the, the man, the son of Swami. I actually think he's the Swami too. The le- the legend of high school sports and everything. Nope. What's that, Carlos? Nope. Oh, Mick. Oh, see, yeah, Mick's not even gonna wait. Go ahead, Mick. Go ahead. He's Mick. not even waiting. Hal Shram is the Swami. I know Hal Shram is. Uh, you, you, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, there, there's the the great Mick McCabe. We're gonna we're gonna talk to him, Carlos, about uh, you know his career, his best stories, the the, the book that, which is called Mick McCabe's Golden Yearbook. It's 50 great years. Uh, I would question great, but 50 years of Michigan's best high school players, teams, and memories. And Carlos, um, let me just let me just give you a little uh, a rundown here. It features every All-State Dream Team from 1970 to 2020. It includes Mick's favorite players, teams, and stories. I didn't know he had any favorites. It's a hardcover, and it is heirloom quality. And just to give you a sense, of, uh, just how about a quick brief review here? A couple of them. Here are some of the reviews so far. The best book ever published. <laughs> that, no, no, that's actually that's actually right here. Is that online. from Gene Myers? <laughs> yeah, on the internet, on the internet. Uh, here's somebody that says it's very concise, which is hard to believe. No. And very well done. And there's somebody else that says they're totally satisfied with Mick, which is, again, I mean, Mick might have something to say about that. But in any case, so we're, we're going to get to Mick uh, in, in just two seconds. But after we talk to, uh, to, to Mick, Carlos, we're, we're finally going to get to your beloved Red Wings. And that's our show. I mean, we don't need anything else other than Mick, really. So let's, let's bring our, uh, our main man in here. Welcome, Mick. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's just a pleasure. I can tell. I can hear <laughs> your voice already. Yes. So so let let me start if that's okay with you, Carlos. Mick, how did this this book come about, and did was it your idea? Did somebody else suggest it? And uh, you know, just tell us a little my, bit about yeah. It wasn't my idea. I was I had no ambition to write a book <laughs> at all. But um, Chris Thomas, who was our sports editor, uh, once removed, um, called up, and this is right during the pandemic when they were looking for stories. And he said, did you ever think about doing an all-time, all-time, all-state teams? And I said, no, that would be impossible. And he goes, why? He says, well, how can I compare Mill Coleman uh, to Earl Morrill? And I said, nobody remembers Tom Tracy from Birmingham, but he was Tom the Bomb Tracy with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, there were a bunch of guys I didn't see. Uh, He goes, well, how about, he goes, when did you start at the Free Press? I said, June 3rd, uh, 1970. He goes, this is perfect. He goes, we'll, uh, we'll uh, run it like online on June 3rd, and I want you to pick all state teams in football, basketball, and boys basketball and girls basketball. I said, okay. And so I did, and then I got a call from the esteemed uh, Gene Myers, who used to be our sports editor, 
and uh, now is a semi-book publisher. And anyway, he goes, I read everything uh, you wrote today, every word of it. Uh, this is going to be our next book. I said, really? He goes, yeah. I said, okay. And then he got uh, Ryan to come on as the uh, the layout person, and uh, and he's just he's just tremendous. And uh, w- there we went. So I just did whatever Gene told me. So this is just a money grab, is really what you're telling us, right? Well, not really, because I haven't been paid yet. Hello, <laughs> hello, Piedmont. Well, what are you waiting for? Well, Gene Myers, I'm sure Gene Myers and Chris Thomas planned to publish publish this posthumously so that they wouldn't have to pay you, Mick. I mean, that was the whole plan. Did you not understand that? Well, that that could be. I mean, and the way things are going now, I could be dead before I ever get a penny of it. So. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you could be dead before the podcast is over. <laughs> well, this uh, this podcast. Oh, did he freeze? No, I'm right here. What the okay. hell? What were you going to say? This podcast? What w- will kill me? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I figured it. I figured it was. I figured it was going to be something like that. Mick, can you give us? Uh, because you know it has under the under the subtitle or subhead or whatever you want to call it. It says that your some of your your best memories are in there. Your your favorite stories. Can you can you give us a few highlights? I mean, fifty years is a long time to be. I yeah. mean, you're still you're still covering the scene, obviously. But uh, can you give us a few highlights? No, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I have I have a question for Mick actually because I was reading I was reading the you know the description about the book and I, I'm not sure if I saw this in there. But my question is, and it's a lot of years, a lot of athletes. Did you have a favorite athlete that stood out for it doesn't have to be a star but just some athlete that really has stayed with you over the years somebody that you enjoyed covering for for whatever reason well um there's a bunch of them uh for instance uh krista clement who um from saint ignis who went to michigan and uh and played basketball there and you know jim abbott was just incredible person and Tyrone Wheatley. I mean, there's just probably too many just to say to, you know, the one. And then my three favorite were, you know, Katie, Kevin and Chris, you know, my kids who, you know, were all athletes in high school too. So did you cover Carlos? No, no, I just did good athletes. (laughs) Because he, because he likes to play golf. No, I was just curious. He did people yeah. with talent, okay? That's who he stuck with. Yeah, I see, I see. So, so, so Mick, and, and you and I have talked about this maybe a little bit over the years, but just for our, our listeners, or listener, as you would say, yes. um, to, <laughs> to this, to this uh, humble little podcast, you start off in, in, in the prep scene in 1970, and I think to some folks, you know, they might wonder why you didn't eventually want to cover pros or, or college and get on planes and, and, and do stuff like that. But you, you really carved out, I mean, a hall of fame career, right? About high schools or prep sports, I should say, why did you um, want to stick with it? And, uh, and, and what's, what, what is it about writing about these kids and these coaches and these communities that, that resonates so, so well, I mean, obviously even now. Well, number one, I, I did make a, a four game West coast trip with the tigers and we went to, uh, Kansas City and Seattle and Anaheim and uh, some Oakland. And, you know, it was almost almost two weeks long. And that, that was just ridiculous. I couldn't see doing that. Um, it, I just had no interest in that. 
and uh, colleges. I did. I always covered some colleges. So it was a lot of it. When I covered Michigan football for a couple of years, did a lot of Big Ten basketball and the Mid-American Conference football and basketball. But the main thing is I just like doing high school athletes. I, I had three kids of my own. I just wanted to be around, uh, around them. They probably didn't want to be around me. But um, that's why they don't live anywhere around here. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to, and I, I love, like the high school kids. I mean, uh, see, most places I go, they're happy to see me. Okay, a lot. That's at the high schools where that isn't true at a lot of uh, anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know the kids are great. They're honest. They haven't figured out they're supposed to lie to the media, so you get a lot better stories. Uh, from them than you get uh, other uh, athletes. Sean, if you had, if if you had bothered to read Mick's uh, farewell retirement column in 2016, uh, that's exactly what he said was that uh, you know he didn't like the travel and he liked talking to the kids and all that stuff. And and by the way, when he retired, he said that it was in July 2016. He said that that was his 100 and 97th story of the year, just in July. Sean, have you and I written 197 stories in our careers? Well, I don't know if you'd call them stories. I mean, I'm not sure what it is that we write. But uh, no, I didn't I, I didn't go back and reference that column, uh, Carlos, because I didn't assume our listeners would be, you know, had, had it memorized word for word. So I thought they might be interested in hearing it from him. That's kind of the point of a podcast. And you know, actually, we're, we're, what I did, I kept track from... Of the beginning of the school year to the end. So really, that was like August until uh, December. Because oh. I retired in December. Oh, that was it. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I saw the, the published date was different on so, online. Yeah, so. so get it right, Carl. So that's four months. or that's So 197 stories in four months are what our, our, our great former colleague Mark Snyder would have written in, uh, you know, three weeks. Yes, absolutely. When, no when, he, was co- when, he, was covering, uh, when he was covering Michigan. All right, what's your next question, Carlos? Well, I want to know does 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 Mick does Mick acknowledge that you and I are full time employees, Sean? Because he's always said we're part timers. I want to know. Well, you they see. I thought the only reason I came on this podcast was I was hoping to really make it something special, and the free press might say, "Hey, we might as well hire those two guys full time." <laughs> <laughs> so I was just doing it to help you guys out. You guys are really full time employees. Wow. I know. Can you believe it? That's, you know, it's only taken 20 years. Yes. But by the way, Mick, you, you really mess it up, Mick. The whole the whole traveling thing for, for the pro beats and all that, as Sean would tell you, of course, Sean's a columnist, but as Sean would tell you, it's just an excuse to eat on the company's dime. That's really yeah. why people like him and I do it. So uh, you really missed out on a lot of great meals. Uh, that's OK. I, I haven't missed out on any meals, really. <laughs> so the quality might be a little different. That's all. No, but Mick, seriously, you, you just you that two weeks, that two weeks uh, out out to California, Kansas City, out in California, and back gave you a, enough of a sense that that wasn't for you. you no, definitely like- not. And that was before we had kids. <clears throat> Although our first child was born uh, about nine months uh, after we got home that <laughs> night with the Tigers. <laughs> Coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so. No, can we can we go back to the question and can you talk a little bit more more about what's in the book? I mean, because I, I want to get back to your memories and 
I mean, it's not just uh, to games or specific athletes, but can no. you know share some of the stories? Give us a couple of stories out of the book that 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 have stuck with you all these years. Well, I was talking to Jim Abbott, and because uh, he was the uh, backup quarterback at Flint Central, and the starter became academically ineligible, so they needed him, and he threw like four, five touchdown passes in the game. And I thought the last question I thought was going to be, "Do you play any other sports?" And he said, yes. I said, really, what? He goes, baseball. And, you know, being a bit of a smart ass, I said, what are you, a pitcher? He goes, yeah. I said, you're kidding. He goes, no. I said, are you any good? He goes, well, I'm kind of being recruited. I said, really? <laughs> I said, by whom? He goes, well, Michigan, Michigan State, Western, <laughs> Eastern, Central. And I says, well, Jim, everybody gets letters. When, when they actually <laughs> ask you to come visit, then you know they're genuinely interested. And he said, uh, I visited Michigan last weekend. And this is in the Sable, Larkin, Hal Morris era. They were unquestionably the best baseball program in the Midwest. So when I hung up with Jim, I called Bud Middaw, the coach of Michigan, and said, hey, are you seriously interested in this one-handed pitcher from Flint Central? He goes, oh, Jim. He goes, yeah, we think he might make a good relief pitcher. Well, he was a lot more than a good relief pitcher. And, uh, you know, then there was a story of this girl who uh, her right, she was right-handed, and all of a sudden her right hand kind of starts petrifying. And, uh, and she goes to the doctor. They go to the hospital, and uh, they're wheeling her in for surgery. And they have somebody, like an, almost an admitting uh, nurse, and the operating room there and asks the patient, what are we doing today? And she looks at the doctor and looks back at the nurse and says, we're uh, chopping off my right hand and wrist and arm. And so she was, but, you know, a few months later, she was playing basketball again, learning uh, how to play left-handed. And uh, then there was this kid at uh, DeWitt High School and they were playing Mason and before for the game started, the DeWitt coach says, hey, whichever way this game goes, if it's, uh, if it's out of hand, we'd like to put uh, – we have a, a special needs kid. We'd like him to put him in the game and just make tell you guys not to hit him or anything because, you know, he won't know how to function out there, but we just want to get him in the game. So he says, yeah, okay. And DeWitt's killing him. So the coach singles over it. We're putting this kid in. Um, they're moving to wide receiver. And so he tells the defensive back from DeWitt, uh, watch him, uh, you know, he just don't hit him. And the guy says, why don't you throw him a pass? The kid says that to the coach. And he goes, okay, that's great. He goes, but don't tackle him. He'll probably just run right to you. He goes, tackle him. I think he's going to score a touchdown. So the kid catches it. And he starts going. And this kid is leading him along, and he said, yeah, I had to make sure none of our, our linemen come up and smack him because, you know, those guys aren't that smart. And leads, you know, scores this touchdown, and it, would, it would just came from a kid. And so that was a pretty neat story to do. And, you know, then there were, you know, other ones like serious ones like the Ed Martin investigation and uh, stuff like that that uh, 
had some real consequences too. I have, I have a question for for Mick about that. Is uh, uh, Carlos? Carlos, one sec. Can 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 I ask a quick question? Sorry about this, Carlos. Mick, can you can you stick around for a second section? Yeah, whatever you want. Okay, okay. And uh, Carlos, you so can I get answer paid that. double then. Yeah, you. We, we, goes we, up. Yeah, well, yeah, no problem, no problem. And Carlos, <laughs> we'll start that second section with that question. We have to take a break though, Mick, because we. I don't know if you want to call them sponsors. I don't know what Tad would call them. Tad suckers. 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 Okay. How about that? We got we got to we got to tend to the we got to tend to the suckers and take a quick break, and we will be right back with more Mick McCabe. Hey, it's Sean Windsor, and I'd like to tell you about the new sports app we've launched as part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings, and enjoy interactive experiences with our award-winning sports writers, which obviously does not include me. Download USA Today Sports Plus from the Apple or Google Play stores today. USA Today Sports Plus. Fan harder. Hey, folks. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, sorry I had to rudely interrupt Carlos there, but he has a question for Mr. Mick McCabe. Yeah, so uh, here's a question about Jim Abbott. Is Obviously, you know, he was drafted, and, and, and for anybody who doesn't know, uh, who might be young or whatever, he was born without a right hand, so right. he only had a left hand. But I never, I never saw him actually play quarterback or play football, so how did he... It, with the baseball thing, it was impressive how he switched the glow over. But in football, you kind of got to handle the ball with two hands. How did how did he do that? Well, he just he put his right hand uh, on top of the ball, the stub of it. And there's no hand, uh-huh. just a stub, and he would take the snap with the stub on top and the left hand underneath, and it was completely natural. And um, what's funny is uh, there, Michigan was playing baseball and. Uh, this SID from the other school went up to Jim Schneider, who was a Michigan SID, and says, hey, when's that uh, one-handed kid pitch? Is he pitching the second game? And Schneider says, that's him right now. I mean, he does it so smoothly that yeah. the catching of the ball and transferring it, they didn't even know, realize. His first collegiate victory came, uh, uh, they brought him on in relief. It was a runner on third and two outs, and Jim threw a pitch, and the guy took off. He was going to steal home, and they threw it right, threw a ball back to Jim, and he did the switcheroo, threw it, and he was out by three feet. And <laughs> so he he got his victory, got his first collegiate victory without technically retiring a batter. <laughs> that's a great that's a great trivia trivia question. Hey, so here here's here's can I can I do one more, Sean? I'll ask him one yeah, more question. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Your 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 name is first. Don't, forget, don't forget that. <laughs> you you are the headliner here, man. When you when you think of Mick McCabe, you know, and and the the legend uh that Mick McCabe is in his own mind, uh you really think about his funny names that he has for all the schools in his high school picks. All right. So, so Belleville is bell tire, Rochester Adams is Adams family on and on and on. Yeah. Those are really funny. They're hilarious. And I, I mean, I, I look forward, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll be completely honest. I don't read a lot of high school coverage. Um, but I do look at those picks. I just like, I mean, I like picks, but also just the funny names. Um, so how do you come up with these? Uh, how does it, how do you do it? I just first thing that pops into my head. That's it. You know, I mean, sometimes like Susie Merchant High is Traverse City Central. 
you know, sometimes like an alum like that, or just a play on words, engine plant was Trenton because they had the Chrysler engine plant down there where my stepdad used to work. So, you know, whatever. Do you have a favorite or one that you, that you struggled with or that you, that, that people like push back on or do the team, do the schools love it no matter what? Well, some schools don't like it, but you know, good luck. They're like <laughs> Pawama Westphalia is Pawama will fail you. But you know, I mean, and I just Owen Davis once just laughed out loud. Bark River Harris was just woof woof. So, you know, I mean, some of them are really stupid. Oh, Owen Davis, who for our listeners was a uh, is good a good a copy editor, good a editor best, as you will find anywhere. Best ever. Best, uh, he turned a lot of us slugs into writers. Oh, <laughs> didn't didn't he though? I, yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I. First started writing uh, for Mick. I should tell our listeners my first real bylines were uh, with Gene Myers when he was an assistant sports editor, and he said, "You know, go hang around Mick McCabe." So I would start to go to high school games and try to soak up some wisdom. And uh, and you know, occasionally I'd get to file a little something, and it was always Owen Davis who would pull you aside and talk mm-hmm. about this sentence and that sentence and tell you who to go read. And um, yeah, that was th- those were the days, right, Mick? That kind of uh, mentorship and the way we used to learn, but. Getting getting back to the to the high school scene just for a second. So l- let's let's maybe not debate, but all right, let's just get down to it. Who is the best the player you've seen? Basketball, oh. uh, girls, girls and boys, football. Let's just do those three. Well, Irvin Johnson, you know, simple. I mean, he's the greatest, and there I really believe an argument could be made that he's the greatest basketball player ever. Period. Not in Michigan, but in the world, because of the way he changed the way basketball is played. Um, probably Tyrone Wheatley uh, in football. He was the greatest athlete, along with Jim Petrarch. But um, Tyrone Wheatley uh, in football was absolutely amazing. He was uh, he was a man playing with boys. And Dina had in girls basketball from Plymouth Salem and Tennessee. Uh, she was terrific. And let me let me ask Mick because um, you read you wrote this in your in your farewell column, um, your bogus farewell column. Um, pretend, yeah. yeah, pretend. I'm I'm right back in it. Um, you at some point you decided you realized that the girls liked reading their names in the copy as much as the boys. That there was as much fanaticism and, and following. Was that not standard when you started covering preps in the 1940s? Whenever it was. No, in 1970, nobody was covering girls' sports. And then um, Jim Kosick, who was in advertising at the Free Press, he had a daughter who was at Regina, and uh, they were playing in the Operation Friendship Consolation game. And the championship game was Mercy against Cass Tech. And so he said, why don't you cover this? So I went up to George Puskas, who, you know, well, okay. And so... I went to it, and Mercy was beating them uh, convincingly at the end. And all of a sudden, the Cast Tech crowd, uh, student section, which was all girls, they start chanting, hey, Mercy, you're hot, but who's going to win it in the parking lot? And I said, oh, my God. And I said, you know, we got something here. And uh, so we started, you know, running a, a – a girls' basketball follows, um, just like with the boys. 
uh, twice a week because they played in the fall back then. And I was surprised. Karen Kluke from Mercy High School was a scorekeeper. She uh, called up and had her uh, her parents' home delivery. She stopped the news and started the free press because she wanted to read about her friends in high school. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, these parents, you know, they're into it too. I mean, they want to see their yep. daughters' names in the paper, just like the uh, parents want to see their boys' names in the paper. And so it kind of spread from there. When did, when did you, Mick? When did you first start to get the sense that? And and you were talking about uh, you talked about at the beginning of the podcast how you walk into a high school, and they're happy to see you. When when did you first start to get the sense of how much what you wrote every every week, uh, often every day? meant in terms of uh, the long-term memories and you know creating the keepsakes right back when we used to clip and cut and and the fact that you were probably on more refrigerator fronts in michigan than uh than any kind of uh you know coca-cola magnet or whatever right it's yeah and when did when did you first start to realize that there was because there's a responsibility that that goes with that right you, yeah well you, I, you, I realized it right away because that's the way i felt about hal shram when i was in high school you know, Swami started all this stuff. And I knew, uh, you know, back then parents were cutting out Swami's stories and putting them in scrapbooks and, you know, putting them up on the refrigerators and stuff like that. So I knew right away that, it, that you know, would kind of like transfer from Hal to me just because I took over for him. And, it, you know, there is a responsibility too. And I don't ever, you know, I think, Carlos, you'd agree with this. I don't ever... I mean, just reading you, Mick, you, you never took that for granted. Even now in your your retirement age, the way you the way you work, the way the effort you put in, the 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 care that you put in to write about these these kids in these communities. One thing I'm curious about though is and I don't know how much of the the folks you wrote about know this, because you, you kept it largely from your stories, but you're you're a bit of an insult comic, right? You're a roastmaster. <laughs> I mean you you know, maybe the people that would come to the prep banquets, they would see it because <laughs> You'd get up there and just drop bombs. But uh, for those of us that would get to see you on a week-to-week basis or when the free press would have retirement parties, you would emcee it and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, roast people. And, and, and we'd get we'd get the daily roast in the newsroom. I, was that ever a, a not a struggle but a, a question in your mind to, to let that wicked sense of humor into your copy more? Or did you did you when you were interviewing subjects, did that come out or did you have to suppress that? No, I just killed them during the interviews. And they laugh and it would help loosen them up and make them, you know, more comfortable during the interview. And so it worked out really well that way. And you have to be careful what you do in the stories, of course. But uh, I mean, you know, when I'm taking pictures of the kids for the paper, I say, now, you know, we got to get this picture right because we're doing a story. I'm working on a team for the all ugly team. And that'll get them to laugh and I'll, you know, when you get trying to get high school boys to smile, that's darn near impossible. <laughs> okay. But when they start laughing at that, I got to smile. So it works. And, and and were you always a smart ass or did you oh, yeah. have to grow into that? No, from day one. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I thought we in that in that in that story, uh, the retirement, the, the bogus retirement column again um, was a picture of you and Bill Freehand. Yeah. And you look like you're about 12 years old, I guess, at that time. Oh, it's 15. Um, 15. Okay. I mean, as a young strapping young man at that, I mean, you really came out of the, 
out of the shoot that hot when you were 1970, just a young punk reporter and working for Puskas and all this stuff? I mean, were you always really that confident and, and smart ass? No, not really. And it probably didn't show right away either. But uh, you kind of grow into a role like that as you go along. Mm-hmm. Any any particular zingers that were memorable? I mean, I to me the most legendary one, and oh God rest his soul, the great Drew Sharp. But when you were at the the banquet, I, I still can't believe you did that in front of all those people. Can you can you set that? Can you set that up? So if you're, <laughs> uh, Mitch was coming out with a book, um, <laughs> and he the previous book was the five people you meet in heaven, and so I said, uh, you know, an inspired. Uh, you know, Drew to write a second book. And the name of that book is going to be The Five People Who Actually Bought My First Book. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, know. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, not, not, not too many, Carlos, Carlos, you know this, not too many people, right? Because Mick, when Mick did this, he was, he was still a full time employee. I mean, employee at the Detroit <laughs> Free Press to get up there. And have fun in front of all those people. It was the high school football banquet, right? The state banquet, if, if yeah. I'm, not mis- I'm not mistaken. In the big hotel in Dearborn, I think is where they used to have it. I don't know. If- that year that year was at Ford Field in the lobby. Okay, so yeah, so here we are at Ford Field and Mix employed by the Free Press. And he gets up on a stage and he's taking a shot at two other columns in a roundabout way. One directly and one roundabout, two other columns the Free Press. It takes a special uh, tone to pull that off. Carlos, you know what I mean? Oh, oh they didn't at, at mix events, you know, going away parties or banquets. They don't hand out, you know, uh, napkins. They hand out flak jackets. I mean, you it, <laughs> if you don't come prepared, you're that's on you. I mean, the, it's going to fly. He's I mean, he makes Don Rickles look like a gentle soul. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really fun. I, you know what? I mean, and his columns still um the ones he writes, you know, the the, the picks, he always he always starts them off with something fun. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's that, it's still that, that sense that you get from Mick. And that's, that's like Mick light, light version of what he really is in real life. But, um, but yeah, it's always a pleasure to read. However, Mick also has, I think one of the, the very, um, very rare talents among prep writers, um, even longtime prep writers in the country is he's willing to take organizations to task schools absolutely the mhssa when he sees something wrong he calls them out on it and that's that's a tough balancing act to be funny uh to be careful about who you're writing about you know sensitive but then also holding you know uh speaking truth to power i mean that's that's a cool trick well yeah and too often they kind of get the mhsa gets a pass because well it's just about the kids well they do more than just you know those people are making good money up there. And if they're not doing what they should be doing for the kids, then someone should hold them. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And that's, that's watchdog journal. I mean, the the news side, I'm sorry, on Jeanette, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but the news side always talks about watchdog journalism and this is real news and this and that. Well, guess what? It happens in sports too. And Mick yes. is at the very epicenter of that grassroots effort that holding, you know, uh, high schools and then colleges, you know, all these people have to be held uh, accountable. So uh, applause to Mick, you know, I mean, and maybe his, maybe for his second retirement uh, column, maybe, or, or ceremony, we'll, we'll give him another gift. What do you think, Sean? No, I think, I think that's great. And I, and I, I back, I mean, I echo that Carl's for sure, but that's, that's the best part about Mick. I mean, he's obviously funny and he cares and, 
but he's very serious when he needs to be. And um, and before we let you go, Mick, I just wanted to see if you would you know, want to talk a little bit about your your longtime friend. Speaking of the the Michigan High School Athletic Association, uh, Tom Rashid, who who recently died. You wrote a, you wrote a piece about him. Yeah, he was the number two man, I think, right within the association. You're, we're talking about somebody who makes a difference with kids in their lives and who cared. And can you can you just mention him? You know, what, what yeah. your, your quick thoughts on him? Tom Ratchet, we uh, he was. Um, we met back in well, probably right, right when he started 77 at Dearborn San Alfonsis, and he was the athletic director there for seven years, went to Riverview Gabriel Richard, and then uh, went downtown and ran the Catholic League for 15 years, and then went up to the MHSA for 18, and he and I would go back and forth, and, you know, I mean, sometimes it wasn't pretty. Uh, when, when we were getting the rule changed that allowed um, special needs kids to compete after their 18th birthday, which by competing, we meant be a backup kicker or something. Um, it got pretty heated between us, but we ended up, um, yeah, remember the Ishpeming deal? You were part of that. I um, was. Right, Eric Dampierre. I must and, have been on that week. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, we sent you up to Ishpeming for the first week of practice. Yes. And you wrote about uh, Eric and his dad and all that. Anyway, um, uh, so it got pretty heated, but we were always, uh, you know, when push came to shove, we we were uh, very, very good friends. And um, his funeral's coming up, and that's going to be another hard day. Well, I, uh, I'm i glad you, uh, you you wrote about that. I um, And I'm glad you're still writing for the Free Press, Mick. I, I hope you'll do it as long as, you, as long as you want to. I mean, there's room for you, considering Carlos and I, you know, yeah. right once once a month or so. Is that yeah. is that on a good month, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With 31 days. Yeah. yeah, this is this is our month, Sean. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, listen, Mick, uh, thanks so much for, for taking time and coming in. It's good to see it's good to see your face. I'm not going to talk about how you really talk to me. Yeah. When uh, you know, we don't we don't want our listeners to know that, but uh maybe they can guess. Yes, I'm sure they they have an idea. Yeah, they do. They do. Well, in it's any been case, it's great to be on the very last podcast that you guys are ever going to do so yeah well listen good luck good luck with the uh with the book man it's uh i, I hope it, i hope it's doing well oh, I, I can we tell people where you can get it i assume you can get amazon uh local bookstores in southeastern michigan well i think uh at freepress.com if you go to the high school section uh perhaps then there's uh there's a link there as you go down the stories okay Okay. Well, that's uh, Mick McCabe's Golden Yearbook, 50 Great Years of Michigan's Best High School Players, Teams, and Memories. And that is the one and only Mick McCabe. Uh, Thanks again for joining us, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Okay. All right. We'll be right back with uh, Carlos's Red Wings. Hello. I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slaurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom has spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? 
for both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartan Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with with Carlos and Sean. Well, that was that was fun, uh, Carlos. Mick was Mick was tame a little bit, but uh, still, it was good to get him. You know what I mean? It was great. Um, just let me let me clarify for our one listener out there that it's I think you said freepress.com. It's freep.com, of course. If you go to Free Press, who knows where you end up? But um, yeah, you can you can order it there. It's 174 pages. I think it's 37.95. Um, but yeah, great stocking stuffer if you have a really really big stocking um, just in time for the holidays. So yeah, well worth your well worth your money. And as you know, Sean, he's a legend. People love high school as they grow up here. My my main question for you was since you did that story on Ishpeming, how was the food in Ishpeming? Because I know you ate you ate your way through Ishpeming. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I got an invite to somebody's house. I think on that uh, on that trip. And had a, a home cooked meal. Oh, nice! But other other than that, I remember eating Subway every day. Okay, I think there was a Subway. It's big enough for a Subway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I've never been to Ishpeming, so I I don't know. Oh, I'm sure I probably had a pasty or two. Yeah, yeah. So listen, let's uh, let's talk about your your Red Wings, man. They've won they've won five in a row. They have a, a winning record, a, a you know a playoff type record. What are they? Twelve nine and three. Something like that, something along those as lines. As of this recording, twelve nine. As of this recording, heading into uh, they're they're by the time you hear this, they will have played Tuesday night at least. I want to say against the Nashville Predators. Yep. But um, they, yeah, five in a row. They have not had Tyler Bertuzzi for what six or seven, maybe even five eight games. games. He could five games. Well, he's been on a COVID protocol, and then he had to, and then he missed. So he's missed some for that, and then he missed because he couldn't go on the three game Canadian swing when they all when they lost all those games. Yeah, exactly. They did. So they're kind of finding a way to win without him. But, but what the heck is going on, man? Did, did we see this coming that they were going to be this fun and and the young guys in particular? No, nobody saw this. I mean, I think that that I mean the big problem has been scoring, you know, and suddenly they're finding the back of the net. They're not scoring in huge numbers, but Lucas Raymond obviously, you know, the rookie, he's he's playing really well, leads all rookies in the NHL in goals and points. He's 19. 19. Mort Snyder, uh, the the defenseman also rookie, he's he's up there in scoring. He's playing really well. Uh they're playing well as a team, you know, and I think that that's there's still issues, you know, they're not winning. So they're, I was going to I was going to read you some stats. So I'm not going to get too steady, but they're on entering the the Tuesday game, they were on a five-game winning streak. And they'd only won two games in regulation. And one was by two goals, one, one, one was by one. Otherwise, you had two OTs and a shootout. So these are slim margins. You know, the, the margin for error is not great for them. So, so that's the one thing with the Wings is, you know, uh, uh, even though technically if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. They'd have the last wild card spot in the East. Um, they don't, their, their future isn't great if they can't keep you know, they can't keep winning. And and Jeff Blaschel talks about we have to learn how to close and, and win close games. And they're that, credit to them, they're doing that. But that's a tough way to live in the NHL is winning, squeaking out one goal game or overtime games after overtime games. So that's something they're going to have to – it's going to come with, with a little bit more talent, a little more balance. Uh, if Bertuzzi was around more, that would definitely help. But they just don't have quite the depth right now uh, to, to – 
put up big numbers in scoring. And then their defense has been a little bit lackluster. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's they're doing the right things, playing well, and they're saying they're having fun. You know, that's kind of a a, cop, a, a cliche, but it's a young team, so maybe there is something to that. Well, you know, I was I was curious what you thought of this because after they lost, uh, they won a little losing streak through Canada, and they came back and they kind of regrouped and. And Moritz, uh, speaking of Cedar, Moritz Cedar was asked, what's been the difference after they've won? And maybe he was asked this after they won their fourth in a row. And he said, we just decided to be great. Like, okay, <laughs> it's really that easy? Well, I mean, but, but yeah. literally they, they get together and they're like, okay, enough's enough. And they talk about how we're going to grind out games. And by the way, they're getting really good goaltending. Can We, we haven't mentioned that. I mean, yeah. their defense is, is fine. And Insider uh, is a really promising defender, right? He's an offensive-minded defender, defensive player, which is which the Wings, you know, their best teams have had great offensive-minded defensive players, and probably one of the best ever, Nicholas Lidstrom, right? Yeah, uh, running a power play and all that sort of thing. But uh, what, what what do you think about that, Carlos? Just this idea you can you can gather up and say, you know what, that's enough losing. Yeah, I think I'm just going to decide to be a great writer now. What do you think? Is that is it that easy? I mean, uh, you know, Mick, Mick, well, I don't know. Mick I figured I, it out. I, yeah, he did. I've never been uh, even a good writer, but 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 for you, you somehow figured it out. Yeah, you're no. sitting out there in in Riverside or you know Rancho Cuc- Rancho Cucamongo, and uh, where, where I'm not sure exactly where. Not and, not uh, yeah, eat, the not eat, cool places of L.A. That's what you're saying. Eat, yeah. No, no, no. Those are fine. Eating your Stouffer's lasagna, which I which I uh, how dare which you? I loved as a, how dare which you? I loved as a kid actually. Yeah, and I wasn't eating that. I wasn't cheese. eating those authentic tacos at the airport in LA that you took me to. So that's uh, no, that wasn't quite at the airport. But no, but seriously, I mean, you're you're not a you're not a you know you don't believe in um, guys getting along and and camaraderie and and bonding and playing for one another. You don't believe in any of that. You don't even think there need to be a coach, rather, except you draw up diagrams and. <laughs> and then uh, you're on your own. It's all about talent, right? No, I, I, what I believe is that there. It is all about that. It is all about having fun and camaraderie. The problem is a lot of teams have that. It's not really a unique thing that that the, the teams like no. each other and get along. And there is some dysfunction in, on any team, you know, um, for sure. But 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 that's not the secret. I think the secret is. You know, or I don't know what the secret is, but I think hearing hearing when what Jeff Blaschel talks about, you know, doing the the careful things, the, the, the things that you need to do to win, you know, for checking, back checking, going into the corners, doing the dirty stuff, getting in front of the net, you know, all that kind of stuff, blocking shots, uh, finishing your checks, all that stuff, all that grinding out, you know, I mean, this is part of it, the, the camaraderie, the fun, that's, that's all great. Um, but you got to be willing to put in the work and like the people you're working with. And I think that's what the wings kind of have right now is they're enjoying each other's company. Even, even Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, I mean, they've talked about it. It was a difficult situation. He's the only guy who's not vaccinated in the NHL. And they say like, man, we love Bert. You know, he's our guy, you know, he's our brother. Uh, we have to respect his decision, but boy, he really could help, you know? And I think that's been a, a, a little bit of a difficult dance for the team, probably supporting their teammate. Who's the best offensive player on the team maybe by far yet not throwing him under the bus and wishing you had more of him so it's all it's all working well and yeah the the goaltending Alex Nadelkovich has been really good um so that that's all helping special teams needs help on both sides 
power play, penalty kill. The defense needs to be a little better. They don't have enough depth on defense. So they're limited in their potential. But I think I, I, they far exceeded. I mean, Sean, I know you had them winning the Stanley Cup probably because you just like to cover winners. But are you not impressed by this as well? No, and I, and I like the way they play. I mean, and and I know you're talking about their, their margin. It, it is thin. But they've got some fun young talent, right? I mean, it's not just – I mean, and some fun young offensive talent. I mean, Larkin is a good offensive player. You mentioned Bertuzzi. Lucas Raymond, right? He's 19. I mean, that, that's the other thing. We should, we should talk about Eisenman for just a second. What he's starting to do here, first of all, by keeping Blaschel. You know, and I know that was a, a – you know, a lot of fans weren't so happy about that. And I still don't – you know, is he the coach down the road? Who knows? But the way they play – the way they kind of grit and grind, but also show a little bit of flair here and there with some of these young fellas. And then they, they still have Jakob Verona coming back, right? Who's as, who's as fun to watch as anybody on the team in terms of puck handling and stick work and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. They have and, some. Just, and, and skating. Yeah, they do have a lot of talent, you know, a lot of young guys. Um, they need to grow into their roles. They're still, I mean, you see you see Raymond still, he's a little slight. You know, obviously he's 19. He's not fully grown yet. So he can be pushed off the puck here and there, but he's a finesse guy. You know, Pia Suter is really good. Nice, nice skilled player, you know, and they've got some other, you know, role players. Adam Ernie has talent. You know, they, they've got guys um, who can who can make things fun, have energy. I just like, I like their... Um, their energy and their commitment, you know, throughout the whole lineup, they're not lazy. Um, no, even not Bertuzzi, I think Bertuzzi does a pretty good job of, of playing defense. I mean, Tyler or, or Larkin is a really great two way player. You know, he's as he's as careful about his defense as he is about his offense. He's a you know hundred foot player, as they like to call him. Um, you know, so it is really a fun team. I, and I think this is the thing, this is the part that could be really fun for Red Wings fans. And I hope they were appreciating it is this could be the beginning of what we've seen before, the beginning of a team finding its stride and becoming a playoff team, a, a contender year after year. And you're going to be able to say, man, I saw Lucas Raymond when he was 19. You know, I saw, you know, Cider when, I don't know what he is. He, was he 19 or 20? 20 or, tw- 20 or 21. Yeah. yeah. All these He's guys, young. you know, um, it, it'll be cool if they're able to keep them, if they stay healthy, um, see what they do. But, man, it's been impressive. Um, so, so you need to go out to a game, Sean. Maybe your second one this year, maybe? Oh uh, yeah, I, I am going to get to another game soon, and I was just going to point out that the two young guys from the the two back to back drafts, not this past year, but the no, yeah, the two previous years, and in, in Cider and then Raymond, you know, the, the the Wings fans were really really frustrated with the way the lottery had gone in each of those years, right? The one year that the Wings had by far the worst record, and ended up that was the year they got Cider, I guess, and right, and what w- at four, they fell all the way to four, I think so, and the same with Raymond. But you look back. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe the roll of those dice or the way those, those those numbers fell, it could end up being a great thing with these two. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you just you, you just you just never know. So uh, you can get you can get Sam Bowie at one or Jordan at two. So you know, you never yeah, know. Yeah, no, it, it, it exactly. I think it was Jordan at three. Elijah Wan was at two, and he was. I'm pretty, sorry. No, it's okay. Elijah Wan was pretty good too. And don't, we don't need to talk about the NBA. The NBA is boring. I can't believe I brought in basketball. I did it to myself. Oh my! God. I know you did. You did it. Did it to yourself. But you, no, you, you're right, you've, Carl. You've trained me, Sean. You've trained me. You, you've. I'm like a. I'm like a dancing monkey now. Every time I see you, I want to talk about basketball. So you, no, you no, it. no. I'm sorry, man. No, no, no. Uh, your your point is a is a really good one. I think it's a, it's a fun, interesting time, and nothing like a rebuild when you can start to see it come together a little bit. And I think that's what they're seeing. Obviously, they're going to go through losing streaks again. And you're talking about the margin of error, but I'm with you, Carlos. This is a 
this is a fun young team, and um, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see just how far they uh, they they get and and how quickly they develop from here. You know, do they sneak in this year, and then and then where do they go from there? But uh, in any case, Carlos, I think it's time for you to uh, to mention your favorite thing. <laughs> well, Sean, I want to talk to you about a very serious issue this week. I want to talk to you about rock snot. Rock snot is um, something that I read in the free press, and I had no idea what it was. I'd never heard of it before, but apparently it's some kind of algae um, in fresh water, uh, you know, lakes, I guess, lakes are fresh water. Um, but I guess it, it can mess with microorganisms and, and habitats, and it's a, it's a danger to fish or something. But I just, I just, my favorite thing was just reading a, a, a headline in the free press where we wrote about rock snot, and we got it in there. And uh, Keith uh, Matheny, one of our great uh, news site writers, wrote about it. Um, so I think all free press readers should go to notfreepress.com, as Mick said, because, you know, I mean, Mick's 95. You can't blame him. But it's freep.com. And go read about Roxnot. Um, You know, we're, we're an outdoors uh, state. We love our lakes. We love our, our fishing. Um, so please go there. Educate yourself. And by the way, fishermen can do something to, I think, prevent the growth of this algae, um, something about their equipment. I'm not a fisherman, so I'm not, don't hold me to it, but uh, it's worth your time to read about rock snot at freep.com. I like that. Well, I'm going to, you know what, actually stay with the, with, with the free press. We're going to, uh, will that make Anna Jeanette happy? Oh, yes, yes. Well, this could be our last podcast, as Mick said. So, it it could know, be. It let's could go out the bank. Yeah, let's, let's let's definitely go out. We, never, we always mention Anna Jeanette and never mention Kirkland, our other producer. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> But, he's too uh, busy he doesn't even know we exist he, he doesn't he does he never listens he says he does but uh <laughs> occasionally but he, does he, if does he, he listen that'd be great because then we'd have like four listeners yeah does he call you jeff or, or mitch once in a while does he get you confused no I, I would never be confused on that level but in any case just staying with the free press real quick and it's a, again it's a it's a tougher subject and you, you you and i talked uh on our special podcast the other day a little bit about the 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 aftermath of what happened in Oxford at the high school with the with the with the shooting and how it played out a little bit in the locker room with the Lions and then down at Michigan excuse me at the Michigan Iowa game at the Big Ten title game in Indianapolis and but on the, on that on that same day the Lions won the Free Press published a um a pretty remarkable sort of what we what we used to call a TikTok in the newsroom right a, a long long narrative with with incredible reporting on a lot of detail and it was the kind of piece that you know we don't do as an organization as much as we used to and and not that we ever want to do something like that after an event like that but when when these things happen i just not only was it really really well done it was um heartening to see that that as an organization and we're not the only ones that do this obviously the new york times opposed to it but for folks like us you know the 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 major metropolitan news dailies that are not quite at the at the top level in terms of uh, spread and, and readership. For us to keep be able to keep doing that, Carlos, I, I I thought that was great. I mean, not only was it great work, but it's just a reminder of of what we can do and what we're still capable of in a newsroom that's a third of the size that it used to be when I started here twenty years ago, and uh, and I was really really proud of that. And I know it got some shout outs and Politico and some other outlets out there who kind of help spread the spread the word of the work that the free press had done but but i i just i loved seeing that we're still capable of doing what we've always done yeah absolutely you know and that's uh that, that that's the thing with the free press and and you know as you said all the 
as the industry has gone, you know, you know, we've re- everybody's reduced staff across the board in daily, you know, journalism. Um, but yeah, to see that that when we marshal our resources, when we put our minds to it, our thoughts, um, we really do. We really can do special work that's impactful in the community. And you know, in sports, we do this all the time too. You know, when there's special projects, when there's um, anniversary things, books, you know, as we're talking about yeah, with, exactly. with, with Mick and, you know, the, the big 10 championship, we had a lot of people there. We'll have a lot of people there for the college football playoff, um, for lions playoffs whenever they make it every 10 years. Um, by the way, can you explain to people why it's called a TikTok? Cause I think there's going to be a lot of confusion among like, you know, Tad's Tad's 15 year old friends who won't understand what, what a TikTok is or. Well, it's just, it's sort of like a, a clock where you, you, you it's, it's a linear, when you do a piece like that, a narrative like that, it's it's it doesn't have to be set up from a writing standpoint. It doesn't have to be completely linear, but it's there's this idea that you go out and you you gather and you try to piece together from maybe however many hours or days before an event happens or a tragedy happens, and then through through the happening of it, and then and then a little bit of the aftermath. But it's so you're not trying to write about policy or or um, you're not profiling anybody in particular as much as you're gathering all, you know, hundreds and hundreds of bits of information and then putting together almost a movie in, in word form. And it follows in as a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it sort of takes you through and, uh, and, and puts you inside of a place or an event. And uh, that's kind of what we mean by TikTok. Yeah, and I just want to explain to, to Tad, a clock is what you, it's on your Apple phone, it's what you look at, it's, it's a bigger version of that, you put it on a wall sometimes, so, uh, or your iPhone, I guess, your smartphone, so. Yeah, well, yeah. He'll, he'll figure it out. Well, listen, Carlos, uh, God, this is two podcasts in the same week for two weeks in a row? I think we're doing one tomorrow, are, too, just on, are just we on over, basketball. Are we overstaying our welcome? God, I hope not. I'm sick of hearing not. me. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to hear me. I like hearing you, though, and I like hearing Tad or seeing Tad. I mean, I know we can't hear him. But, uh, Carlos, it was a pleasure once again, and uh, it was fun having Mick in. And uh, we finally got to talk about the wings, so there you go. How about that? We're good until, well, we'll see, I guess, well, next fall, next September. For, <laughs> for, no, uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're definitely going to keep, this, this is a fun young team. We're definitely going to keep tabs on them and. There'll be lots to talk about with them, and we got you know some big college football coming up, and who knows, maybe the Lions will get a second win. But uh, in any case, that's our show today. If you uh, like us, uh, you can rate us, you can subscribe, you can find us at Spotify, at Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcast. We want to thank Mr. Tad Davis, of course, the man who makes all this. The, excuse me, Carlos, the young man who makes all this possible. We want to thank uh, Anjanette because we have not mentioned her enough in this podcast. <laughs> Anjanette, it's going to be Carlos, Sean, and Ange- well, it's going to be Anjanette with Carlos and Sean. I, I think I think that's the way it ought to be. Anjanette Delgado and Kirkland Crawford are our executive producers, and of course Peter Batia, the uh, the big the big man who makes all this happen. Uh, again, thanks for giving us some time, and we will talk to you next week. Something that you're not saying